In the previous Mishnah, we learned about the nation of Kusim who converted en masse to become Jewish. However, they didn't really accept all of the Torah, and many of the laws which we have from Tershabal Peh, the oral law, and traditions that were passed down from generation to generation but are not explicitly written in the Torah, a lot of that they didn't accept, and as a result, there are many complications in the laws of Nidah that led the Chachomim to decree that all women from this nation are considered to be a Nidah out of doubt. This Mishnah talks about Benos Tzedukim, the daughters of Tzedukim, which was another group of people, Jews, who denied a lot of Torah Shabal Peh, a lot of that which is not explicitly written in the Torah. This particular group was called the Tzedukim, the Sadducees. However, many of the women had a practice of indeed following the regular Jewish law for the laws of Nidah. And so the Mishnah says it depends. In a case where they do follow the practices of their fathers, so they don't follow the Jewish law in the area of Nidah as well, just like most things. So then they're going to be considered like the daughters of Kusim, which we learned in the previous Mishnah, are Midrabonon at least considered to possibly be Nidais. The Chacham decreed that we consider them Tomei as a Nidah. However, if it becomes known to us that these particular women have separated themselves, and in this area at least, they follow the practices of the Jews, then then they're considered to be like Jews. If we don't know, so then we assume they're following the practices of their families, in which case they would be considered to be a Nidomidrabonon. Rabbi Yossi says, interestingly, that actually it's the opposite. It was so common for these girls to rebel a little bit, and they would follow the Jewish custom, at least in the area of the laws of Nidah, and therefore, if we don't know anything, so we're always going to assume that actually they've got the same status as a regular Jewish girl. We do not assume that she is a Nidah. Unless it is known to us that they have separated themselves, and they, they are different in that they actually follow the practice of their fathers. But if it's unknown to us, then we can assume, according to Rabbi that actually they do follow the Jewish laws with regards to Nidah, unlike the daughters of the Kusim, and therefore we would not consider them to be a Nidah, even Midrabonon. Mishnah Gimel. When blood exits the womb of a woman, in general she becomes a Nidah, which means that she's Tommy for the next seven days. After that seven days, there's a period of 11 days, during which, if blood exits her womb, she becomes a Zovokhtana, a minor Zovah, which means that she'll be Tomei just for one day, and she's forbidden to have relations with her husband at that time, and if on three consecutive days blood exits her womb during that period of 11 days, following her week of being a Nidah, then she becomes a Zovagadoyla, a major Zovah, and she would be Tomei until seven days pass without her seeing any blood exit her womb. Both a Nidah and a Zovah, as well as a woman who has just given birth, and if she gave birth to a baby boy, then she would be Tommy for a week. If it was to a baby girl, she would be Tommy for two weeks. During the time that a woman is Tommy, as a result of either being, again, a Nidah, a Zovah, or a woman who has just given birth, as well as the fact that she is forbidden to have relations with her husband, she herself is Tommy on the level of an Av Hatumah, a very high level, a primary level of impurity. As well as that, any liquid that naturally comes out of a person's body 
For example, urine or saliva, that has also got the status of an avhatuma. That same primary level of impurity also is contained within the liquids that naturally come out of her body. Now, interestingly, blood that comes out of her body actually is not tummy for the same in the same category. Because the liquids that we're talking about, like saliva, is a liquid that gathers together inside of her body. The drops form a group of drops, a sort of pool of liquid inside of her body, or inside of her mouth, and then that comes out of her mouth, or the urine comes out. On the other hand, the blood that comes out of her womb exits her body as individual drops. So it's considered to be in a different category in terms of the of being a liquid that comes out of somebody who themselves isn't of tumor. It doesn't apply to liquids that come out drop by drop. However, if she is a nida or a zovos, so then that itself is a reason that the blood specifically that comes out of her body is going to be tome. Now, there's another example of somebody who has this high level of impurity of of tumor, and that is a mitsoira, somebody who has tsara'as, particular disease spots on one's skin that come as a punishment for certain sins and it makes a person tome. This type of impurity has nothing to do with the blood of the person, of the woman, and therefore if blood comes out of a Mitsura, a female Mitsura'as, who is not a Nida or a Zova, so although the saliva and the urine that comes out of a Mitsura or a Mitsura'as is going to be tome as an Avhatoma, that's because it is formed inside of the body, but the blood that comes out of her as individual drops is not going to be Tome, unless she happens to also be a Nida or a Zova. But if, for example, it's a woman who has given birth, and right now she's in that period of time, after the first week or two weeks, during which even if blood comes out of her womb, she does not become a Nida, but I would have thought that maybe the blood, if she's a Matsura, so the blood should at least be Tome, just like the urine or just like the saliva. But this is not the case because, like we explained, since the blood comes out of the body as individual drops, so it's not going to be Tome in the same way as urine or saliva is going to be Tome. The only reason why blood would ever be Tome is because that's the law of Nida blood or Zova blood. So therefore, to the extent that this Matsuras is not a Nida and she's not a Zova, so the blood would not be Tome. So just to summarize, there are two reasons why a liquid that comes out of somebody who is an Avhatuma might be Tome. One is because the law for any liquid that gathers inside of the body and then comes out is that that liquid becomes an avhatoma, but that is only true with regards to things like saliva and urine. Blood does not fit into that category. So the only other way that a liquid might be tome is if it's blood, and it is nido blood or zova blood. But if it's not that either, for example, if the woman gave birth a week or two weeks ago, and then blood comes out of the womb, it would not be tome. Now, one more important thing to note is that there is a difference in the law and the status of the blood that comes out of a woman and is Tome, if it's Nido blood or Zova blood. There's a difference between that and the other liquids that come out of somebody like that, like urine or saliva. And the difference is that the urine or the saliva is only Tome, and it can only make other things Tome for as long as it is wet and moist. But if it dries up, then it's no longer a source of impurity. On the other hand, blood, when it is Tome, if it's Nido blood or Zova blood, then even once it dries up, it will still transfer its impurity onwards to something that touches it. 
Now, the concept of Nido and Zova, this only applies to a Jewish woman. Nevertheless, in order to create a certain level of divide, and in order to ensure that we don't become too close to the non-Jews, the Chachamim decreed that a non-Jewish man is going to have the status of a Zov, and a non-Jewish woman is going to have the status of a Zova. These are people who have a relatively high level of impurity. And a Zova, for example, already learned that the blood that comes out of a Zova is, of course, Tome. And this way, since anything that the people touch, now the non-Jewish people touch, will become Tome, so that would cause the Jews not to become too friendly because of the inconvenience that it causes. Now, whenever the Chachomim decree a new type of impurity, which is not correct, as it were, it's not, it doesn't exist mid-Oraisa, according to the Torah, this does lead to a certain problem. And that is, certain holy foods like truma or the meat of carbonice, it is forbidden to allow those to become tome, and if they do become tome, then one is obligated to burn them. So although in general it's certainly forbidden to burn sanctified food like that, if it becomes tome, then one needs to burn it. Now, if something becomes tome midrabonon, that means that according to the Torah right now, it's forbidden to burn it. On the other hand, it can't be eaten, and midrabonon, it is tome. So what really should be done is it has to be left there. And there's nothing, you can't eat it, and you can't burn it, you can't destroy it. However, there was a large concern that people might not realise that it's only Tommy Midrabanon, and they will come to burn it. And because of that, very often, the Chachomim would not make the decree of Tumar 100%. They would include certain exceptions in order to make it clear that the entire impurity was only Midrabanon, so that people will realize and they won't come to burn truma or the meat of carbonis, things like that, that midoraisa are not tome and therefore cannot be burnt. And because of that, although a non-Jewish woman has the status of a zova, midrabonon, so she herself is tome, the blood that comes out of her womb, the Mishnah is going to show, is not considered, either it's not considered to be tome at all, or it's not considered at least to be tome like a regular zova's blood. And that way, people will realize that the entire impurity of the Zova herself is only Midrabanan. So if the Zova goes ahead and touches Truma, for example, people will realize that the Truma is only Tommy Midrabanan, and they won't come to burn it. Now, the Mishnah discusses two different cases in sort of the same sentence over here, so it's a little bit complicated. But we're first going to explain the first case, and after that we'll come to the second case. Dam nochris, the blood that comes out of a non-Jewish woman's womb. Vidam tarashonitsaras, and the blood of a Mitsura woman during the days, either a week or two weeks after she gave birth. This is talking about a regular Jewish woman. The blood that comes out of her womb during that period when the blood does not make her into a nida or a zava. Beshamay say that in both of these cases, the blood is pure. It will not make somebody who touches it tome. So we'll explain firstly the first case, the case of the blood that comes out of a non-Jewish woman. As we explained, the reason why it is pure is in order to show that the entire impurity of the non-Jewish woman is only midrabonon. So this is a differentiation that the Chachomim made so that people would realize that the entire impurity that the woman herself has is only midrabonon. And in the second case, the case of the blood that comes out of a Mitsura woman, which is not Nidor blood and it's not Zova blood, because it's during that time after she gave birth when any blood that comes out of her is not does not make her into a Nidor or a Zova. 
So the only other option for that blood to be Tomei is because it's the liquid that has come out of Eimatsoira. So just like the saliva and the urine that comes out of Eimatsoira is Tomei, maybe the blood is as well. But we have already explained that that's not the case. Since the blood comes out of the body as individual drops, it's in a different category and it is totally pure. That is the opinion of Beishamai. Beishilal say that it's true that in both of these cases, the blood is not going to be like the regular blood of a Nido or a Zova. However, it is like the saliva or the urine that comes out of somebody who is Tomei with one of these types of impurity. Like we learned, there is a difference because the blood of a Nidor is Tomei both when it is wet and moist and when it is dry. Whereas the urine and the saliva that comes out of one of these people is Tomei only as long as it is wet. So it is more lenient, and they still say that in the case of a non-Jewish woman, it's true that the Chachamim wanted to show that it's only a rabbinic type of impurity, but they still say in order to do that, we don't need to say that the blood is totally pure. It's enough to say that it's not like regular nido blood, it's Tomei only for as long as it's wet. That's already enough of a differentiation that people will realize that the entire impurity that is being discussed is only Midyabonon. And in the case of the blood that comes out of a Metzeira woman, a Metzeira ass, that is not Nida or Zova blood. So the truth is, Beis Hill agree with Beis Shammai that in general, blood is, a, it is different to urine and saliva. It's not included in that category because it comes out as individual drops. However, Beis Hillel learned from particular Pesukim that specifically with regards to Emetzoira, or Emetzoira As, the fact that it's individual, it comes out as individual drops is actually not relevant. So according to Beis Hillel, Mid-Eraisa, according to the Torah, the blood that comes out of that woman who is Emetzoira As, would be Tomei in exactly the same way as the saliva and the urine come out, that come out of her is Tomei Mid-Eraisa. So interestingly, it emerges that Beis Hillel, who say that the blood of these two women is Tomei, just like the saliva and the urine, in one case, in the first case of the non-Jewish woman, Beis Hillel mean that it's Tomei Midurabonon. In the case of the Metzaras, however, when Beis Hillel say that it's Tomei like the urine and the saliva, he means that it's Tomei Midurabonon on a Torah level. The second half of the Mishnah talks about Damuledes Shaleitovla, the blood of a woman who gave birth, but at the end of the week or the two weeks for which she is Tomei, she didn't go to the mikveh in order to purify herself. So usually she would go to the mikveh at the end of the seven days or the 14 days, and then from then until the 40th day, in the case of a male, or until the 80th day, in the case of a female child, any blood that comes out of her womb will not make her Tomei as a Nidah. But in this case, she didn't go to the mikveh at the end of the week or the two weeks of her being Tomei. So Bishamai and Bishamai say that Midoraisa, she doesn't really need to go to the mikveh in order for that to be the case. It's true that she as a woman is still Tomei until she purifies herself in the mikveh. But even without going to the mikveh, according to Bishamai, it is true that the blood that comes out of her womb will not make her into a Nidah or a Zava. Nevertheless, Bishamai do say that in order that it won't get confused with the blood that comes out of her womb during the first week or two weeks, so Midrabonon, that blood is considered to be Tomei, but again, in order that we don't confuse it with Midoraisa impurity, so it's not Tomei like regular nid- nidor blood, but on a lower level, Karukoch Mimiragleha, 
We consider it to be Tommy Medrabonon, just like the saliva or the urine that comes out of her body, which means that it's a source of impurity for only as long as it is wet and moist. Beis Hillel, remember, Beis Hillel say that if she doesn't purify herself in the mikveh, then the blood that comes out of her during that time will make her into a nidah. And therefore the blood that comes out, matami lach v'yovesh, it would make things that touch it tome, both when it's wet and when it's dry. Just like regular nidah blood. Alright, the Mishnah ends off, umoydim be'oledes b'zoiv, Beis Shammai agrew with Beis Hillel, that if she was a zova when she gave birth, which means that seven days haven't passed since she became a zova without her seeing blood come out of her womb. So until that happens, she still has the status of a zov, even according to Beis Shammai, and therefore she metamalach v'yovesh, that blood would make anything or anyone that touches it tome, both when it is wet and moist and when it is dry. As we learnt, if blood comes out of the womb of a woman, in general, she becomes a nidah for seven days. That's the tumor that she has. And at the end of that seven days, there's 11 days during which blood that comes out of her womb will make her into a zava. Now, it's learned from Psukim that during those 11 days, if blood comes out of her womb during labor, as she's about to give birth, then that blood would not make her into a zava. However, the psukim teach that only with regards to zova blood. If it's the first time that she sees the blood, in case it would usually make her into a nidah, then even if it's in the midst of the labor, it would make her into a nidah. So the Mishnah says, Hamakasha, a woman who is going through labor, and in the midst of that, blood exits her womb, exits her body, nidah, she becomes a nidah. If it's during a time that blood that comes out of her would generally make her into a nidah. However, if it's during the 11 days when the blood that comes out of her would make her into a zova, not a nidah, then if it happens during labor, it would not make her into a zova and she would remain pure. Of course, when she actually gives birth, so that would make her tome for a different reason, because she gave birth, but in terms of being a zova, she would not become a zova. Now, there is one case, which the is going to describe, that she could become a zova, even if it happens during labor, and that is kish if she was having labor for three consecutive days, during that period of 11 days when she's fit to become a zova, and then she stopped having labor for a period of 24 hours, and then she gave birth. The Mishnah says, this is considered to be a woman who has given birth whilst being a zova, meaning she does become a zova. And the reason for this is because the fact that there was a period of 24 hours between the labor and the birth is a sign that that actually wasn't the labor that was the first stage of birth. It was pains, but it wasn't the real birth labor. And because of that, it's not included in that exception that the Posuk talked about. And so she would become a Zova. That's the opinion of Rebeliezer. Rebeliezer says that it's not a period of 24 hours, but it must be 24 hours of Laila V'yoyim, which start at the night and end at the end of the following day. Kalel Shabbos, Kalel Shabbos Just like the night of Shabbos and its day, meaning in the same way that Shabbos starts from the night and it ends at the end of the following day. So too, it must be that there was a full day starting from the beginning of the night, going until 24 hours after that. If that sort of period of time passed in between the labor and the birth, only then would she become Tome as a Zava. Now, the Mishnah explains that when we talked about her stopping for a period of 24 hours, that means that Shofsaminat Sa'ar, she had a break from the pain, from the labor, for 24 hours. 
It doesn't mean that she stopped having blood coming out of her. It could be that during that period of time, blood continued to come out of her womb. That doesn't matter. The point is that the labour stopped for that amount of time, and that's a sign that it wasn't the birth labour, and because of that, she would indeed become a Zavar. Mishnah Hay, the previous Mishnah taught that if a woman, during the 11 days, that blood that comes out of her womb would make her into a Zavar, if this happens while she's having labour, then it would not make her into a Zavar. The Mishnah asks, Kamahu Kishuya, for how long before the birth can the labour be considered such a labour that would prevent her from being a Zavar? So this is assuming that the labour didn't stop. It could be she had a very, very long labour, as long as there wasn't a break of 24 hours, so we can consider all of the labour to be the labour immediately preceding the birth. The question is, how far back in time can we go? The Mishnah says, says, Even 40 or 50 days, an extremely long labour, as long as it didn't stop for a period of 24 hours, it would all be considered one extended labour before the birth, and she would not be a Zovar as a result of blood that comes out of her womb during that time. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, It's enough that we say that for the last month, the ninth month of pregnancy, any labour that happens then, if blood comes out, it would not make her into a Zovar. And the truth is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, this is even if there was a break between the labour and the birth for 24 hours. As long as the blood came out during the ninth month, it would not make her Tommy as a Zovar. And the third opinion is Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi Shimon say in Kishu Yosef, the maximum labor time during which blood would not make her into a Zavar is two weeks. And as well as this, if there is a break of 24 hours, like we learned in the previous Mishnah, between the labor and the birth, so then we see that it's actually not the birth labor, in which case she would become a Zavar. It's only Rabbi Yehuda who argues against the previous Mishnah.